0: Right, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Don't have faith, God's looking miserable. Well, it's not quite like that. How do you spell faith? R-I-S-K. Yes, yes, R-I-S-K. So I want to talk a little bit about R-I-S-K. Yes. You, have you watched any of that Olympics sir? You know, winter thing. Yeah, I've not really watched it much, but that—that girl going down on that thing head first. That don't seem sensible to me. (laughs) You know, man. The thing that's going to hit first. I think she should. Is there any health and safety to do with that? Oh, right. okay. Hey, oh, oh. That wasn't me, that was Lynn Coles. What mm. oh, I couldn't repeat it. Now, <laughs> don't gossip, girls. Amazing thing is that, yes, yes, I knew you'd get there, Ange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just be glad, those of you who are sitting here, you're fulfilling a very important task. You're between Lynn and Angela, okay? Yeah. Stepping out. Taking, Taking what feels like a risk. Choosing to trust God. On your marks, get set. Bang. Starting pistol. I know about these things starting pistol, bang. Starting pistol. All the preparation and then the bang. Yeah, It's the kind of launching forth, the moment of movement. <clears throat> I was thinking about this and I was thinking about different times when I and I've been under the gun, the starting pistol, and it's, it's often not kind of quite like we expect it to be, but it's very real. And do you know what came back to mind? I, I was uh, when I was back in the Assemblies of God you know, years ago. Used to be sometimes you go off to the annual general conference, which is a kind of big jamboree thing. And they had all these important uh, speakers. And they had this guy on this particular occasion who was like a denominational evangelist, an older guy but a great speaker and everybody wanted to get to hear him. And we went into this like, uh, it was in a sort of Butlins type place, that sort of thing, so it was a big sort of theatre place, lots of people. We went in there and uh, he, s- he spoke maybe for 15 or 20 minutes, which normally would be very short. And the presence of God came into that place. And he he gave an opportunity to respond at at the end, basically giving ourselves to God, not so much in terms of salvation, not so much in terms of coming to God for the first time, but yielding to God. And I was one of those that was almost propelled. I mean, normally people walk, but people were running down to the front because there was a sound that had been heard that was not just somebody speaking. It was a sense of God's call. And you didn't know what you were responding for because God hadn't necessarily revealed that. I guess maybe some people knew. But that's what I believe God is doing and is about to do, to actually um, speak his, his sort of propelling word, his opportunity to, to launch forth and, and to respond. And I want us to be kind of gearing up in readiness for that. So I'm going to look at a few things and we'll see how far we get. I don't want anybody, including me, to ever miss our God-given opportunity. And this is not anything to do with, you know, age or background or anything like that. This is, this is about really our in- engagement with God. Don't want to miss that. This is, this is the real stuff of life that we actually walk in his way. <clears throat> because God has a plan. Um, we know it from the word of God. We know it from the nature of God. I have a plan to bless and to prosper and to do you good and not to harm you. All those kind of scriptures. And sometimes we think that, that that well, that's just sort of a general thing. He says that to you. I have a plan for you. I have a plan that extends to every aspect of your life. And he wants us to gain the very best and the very best is walking in his will. There's no better place, you know. I've you often said when we, when we lived over the top of Ada's calf when we first got married uh, which we accessed down Muggers Alley um, it, was, it was the best place in the world because it was where God had given to us. See we've got to understand that it's not about how fantastic or uh, fancy something is. Is it what God's given us? It's the same as what we're talking about, great works. Great works is not how this world would assess it being great. It's, is it something that God's given to us? And if so, we want to embrace it, enjoy it, and walk in it. God's got a plan. So, just have a little sideways look. And if it doesn't look as though that person is particularly convinced, could you just help me send a little nudge, I've got a plan even for you Mm -hmm. don't be brutal girls don't be brutal don't beat her up, just a little gentle nudge that being the case of course we've got to anticipate and be ready to take hold you know that phrase we use, what's mine to do? That's not a kind of selfish grabbing thing. That's a sense of recognition, this is this is me. This is, this is what God's given. This is an opportunity for me. Sometimes it can sound as though it's a bit, I'll have that. But it's not that. It's saying, no, here am I. This is, this is, this is, this is for me to take a responsibility for. Um, and of course, once we've got that, we're committed to... Uh, by the grace of God, overcoming all the barriers. In fact, there's nothing, as I said earlier, there's nothing that can really stop us because nothing can stop God fulfilling his word. See, sometimes people get in difficulty. and say, well, I really want to do the will of God. Okay, it's not not difficult. I used to spend hours with my friends praying, oh, Lord, show me your will. I need to walk in your will. Then I realise, actually, Lord, have your way. I'm... now submitting to you. From that moment in time, we mean that. If we're not where God wants us, He'll move us. If we're not how God wants us, He'll change us. He kind of hand the whole thing over. So it's not it's not a kind of a big deal about how do I find that. It's a big deal for us to come to the place and say, Okay, over to you. And then from that moment He will engineer, bring us, because he's more concerned that we walk in his will. Than we are. Often, by the way, when we used to pray that, it used to be what, in terms of what we did. Missing out, of course, that God's a lot more interested in how we are than what we do. Not, I'm not saying he's not interested in what we do, but a lot more interested in how we are. Most of the will of God, if you look in the Bible, most of the will of God is about how we are. Yeah? Rather than, you know, am I going to be you know, a missionary to out of Mongolia or China or somewhere. Okay, so let's have a look. Remember, stories in the Bible are there for what? For our present now instruction. So we can look at something that was a long time ago, but God has included it in his word, him speaking to us, so that he can use it as a now time to instruct us and speak to us. All right? So I'm going to turn to um, the story of Esther. I'm just going to jump into Esther chapter 4. This is where she'd, uh, she'd become... Queen and her kind of I don't know its kind of uncle cousin but the person who brought her up has this conversation with her about using her opportunity um, to help the whole of the uh, Jewish race and is kind of fairly Fairly straight, fairly direct. Uh, and I'm just thinking I'm going to pick this up. Well, just for now, I just want to pick it up. We may go back over it a little bit. Verse 14, this is the uncle speaking because she's, she's living under certain constraints. She's there. She's uh, one of the wives of the king, the queen, not in favour at this time and she she knows the rules are you can't just sort of go into the king you know I'm not suggesting that this become a rule for husbands and wives you know you, you don't go in and disturb him while he's reading his paper unless he summons you all right? No, no 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 I'm not suggesting that That's Angela again. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she loves it? Well, I know it's from that rebel area over there. She said, He says to her, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but you've come to royal position, to kingdom for such a time as this. See, I believe that if we're walking in the will of God and the purpose of God, we are walking in the timing of God. And that God will use us according to his plan and according to his purpose. And so there's a a constant sense of this being real. But I think it becomes more poignant to us at the moment. Because God has spoken to us, as he always does, about the stage that we're in. Uh, we're, it's a time of breaking in. Remember uh, when we came into autumn, we received, well, it's autumn, but it's spring as far as God's concerned. It's is a, is a kind of coming forth time. Talked about coming into a broad place. We've been, remember, we've been looking over the wall, peeping over the wall, seeing what's next. It's a time of dreaming, a time of looking into... Where, where God's taken us, what he's saying, and we're beginning to see uh, uh, various green shoots of that. It's a kind of, if we think of it, a time for mobilizing, a time to prepare to advance. So I think this becomes particularly um, significant for us at this time. And that's why I want us to, to pick that up. Because, it, you know, it's happening. Uh, you know, on your marks, get set, bang you look around, who, who's, who's kind of already begun to hear that, you know? Uh, what about all the people that have put themselves forward for volunteering? Huge numbers of you already. Well, see, if that's what God's given you to do, that's a great work. And it's, it's a step forward. It's seizing that opportunity, walking in on that. And whichever field it is, you've stepped out. And it's a, it becomes a, a development of momentum. What about old Richard Griffin? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, got, uh... No, he's not. Oh, yeah. All right, okay. We just decided he's not old. He's um he's not been honoured with that. So he's thirty nine. Okay, hands? 39, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear hands, happy birthday to you, but a a birthday that cannot exist, you understand don't you? Unless you've been particularly honoured, you can't be over 39. Okay, So young Richard Griffin, he's done all sorts of things and he's been around since somewhere around about the time of Jesus, but he's young. (laughs) Suddenly, here's God, here's the bang, here's the gunfire. I'm going to get involved in one of the children's meetings, one of the children's clubs. See, it's, it's stepping forth. Well, it doesn't seem a big deal. Oh, it's a big deal because God said it. Very important stepping forth. You just don't know. It doesn't matter where it leads to or what it's to do. It, what it matters is I've just said, here am I. I've just said, okay. I, I hear this. I'm, I'm going to do this. I only laugh and joke with Avril, but look at what she's stepped into with this uh, social justice stuff. I mean, this chairing, getting the opportunity to chair the working party on troubled families. That's a stepping forth. Now I know she got a bit of social work training. I've tried to knock her out, knock that out of over thirty years now, but she's got a bit of that. But she's just stepped forth into something. Just just heard the bang. What about was what about Wilco? Said, you know, I could help. you on the newsletter and, and all these IT sort of things. Hearing something, stepping forth, saying seizing that opportunity. Jeremy getting involved now with the sixteen plus. It's stepping forth. See, I, I don't want us to just think it's some sort of grand and glorious plan. It's it's the first step. You know? It's taking forth whatever God gives us to do. kind of helps us to build that sort of go-for-it mentality. You know, that idea of of really reaching out. And uh, I think that positions us where God wants us at this time. And that's important. It's important that we hear God. It's important that we position according to what God is saying. So that we're, we're, if you like, tuned in to the right wavelength. So we actually hear what he says. Because let's come back to what we said earlier on. He has a plan for you. He has ordained, almighty God has ordained a plan for you. It's not necessarily working within the community. It could be within the wider community where God has placed us. And I'm not precluding if God wants you to go to another nation. I, it, you know, the detail of that doesn't really concern me. The issue that concerns me is that together to that thing that God has got for us. Let's think about Esther for a minute. She's an orphan, which we're, we understand that means that certain odds that are stacked against. Um, she gets to this place where she's promoted to be queen. So she's from an orphan brought up by a relative and then chosen to be queen. encouraged, rightly so, to see that this throne is provided by God, not just by her being beautiful. Let me say that again. She is very beautiful, but she's understanding that it's not just her beauty, it's the fact that God has ordained that she be in that. That changes the whole dynamics of it. That says, wait a minute, I'm here... Because God put me here, not because anything I've got or anything I've done. And actually, if you take that stage further, then I'm here for as long as God says. Yeah? There's a place of rest, a release from striving, a place of security when we say, oh, this is what God has given me. Because what God has given can't be taken. Yeah? We hold it lightly, but only God can decide it's going. Even our life. Remember when Richard Cole was taken by the rebels? They got the gun at his head. They said, I can shoot you now. And he said, you can't. Because my times are in his hands. There's guys there who've been killing people. I got the gun right. He said, no, you can't. Because only God can decide what my time is. Hmm. You'll die anyway, he says. And miss the opportunity to fulfill why God put you here. I think that would be the most awful situation. To reach a point. And there are, as I say, two things which are certain in life. Taxes and death. We went to uh, visit my... Eldest aunt on Friday. She's now needing to be in a care home. She's 97. And uh, memory's gone, a bit confused. I said, uh, Do you remember when, and she was like at the stage of quite, I can't think what age, but more mature woman. And in the little place where we were, little church, there was nobody to take the youth. She stepped up. She's the most unlikely person. She stepped up to take the youth. I said, it's interesting, isn't it? That out of that, you've seen these different ones that are still serving God, called as missionaries, called to do this, that, and the other. Because you stepped up. You never knew. And you weren't really equipped for it. And you weren't the right sort of person. But you, you just heard God and stepped in. Brothers and sisters, all we have to do is what God gives us to do. Don't have to worry about the outcome. I was trying to encourage her uh, just to look back a little bit at some of the things that she's done, a very, very sacrificial life, uh, um, a real model, uh, and very unassuming, very sort of quite low self-esteem in many respects, very humble sort of person, but uh, somebody who has been a very, very faithful person in terms of ready to step in where the need is, and uh, and be open and honest with it. See, out of favour. <clears throat> it's hardly the best moment. Thirty days since she's seen the king, and then you got Morde- Mordecai in her rear, uh giving her, you know, that Holy Spirit nudge. Why don't you think about this? You know, don't you love people at that point? You know? it's like, what have you got to thank God for? I don't feel like thanking God. Yeah, but what have you got to thank God for? Just that Holy Spirit nudge. But of course, let's remember, he'd built a relationship with her over many years. And that relationship meant that there was the opportunity to sustain a very direct and and Frank Interchate, she knew that he loved her and cared for her. He wasn't just using her as fodder for this particular situation. And so we come to this. uh, Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go gather together all the Jews are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink. For three days, night or day, I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it's against the law, and if I perish, I perish. See, guys, this is the kind of mentality, um, you know, God has a plan for me. Uh, And that plan comes out of the fact that I've committed my life to him and that means that it's, it's no longer mine to live. It's no longer I that live, but I'm dead, hid with Christ in God. It basically means I don't have to start trying to, to make provision, to prepare, to protect my life. I've given it over to him. If I perish, I perish. It kind of... It sounds a bit, sort of, um, how does it sound? Hmm? How does it sound, that that expression? Reckless, Reckless yes. Faithistic. Say again. Faithistic. Faith. Fatalistic. Fatalistic. Will be, will be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except for you're in God's hands, but um, what else? Risky, Risky. yes, yeah. yeah. It's a kind of uh, yeah. Does it sound as though it has the potential of excitement? No. You know the girl that came down that you know icy slope headfirst, won the gold medal. She seemed very excited about it. I'm sure that there were those who say it's a very dangerous thing to do, you know. Why didn't you have feet first? Why didn't you get a bus safer? It didn't make sense. It wasn't logical. It was God. And it was the best and safest and the most wonderful thing in the world, because it's God. So what, what she's doing, what we're talking about, is taking and placing that responsibility with him. Okay, I'll do what you want, and it's over to you what happens. Yeah? You following me? Okay. Isaiah 6, verse 8. Here am I, send me. Same thing, That stepping forth. Remember the gun? On your march, get set, bang. Have a look at this little clip. We never win. So, what do I do? What do you think you should do? You're the fastest one in the water, you're the slowest one off the blocks. What do you think that means? What do you got to do? Get faster off the blocks. Get faster off the blocks. Concentrating? Eyes are closed? You flinched. The gunshot holds no fear. Say it. The gunshot holds no fear. The gunshot holds no fear. Say it. The gunshot holds no fear. Louder! The gunshot holds no fear! Louder! The gunshot holds no fear! fear. That's good, but you welcome the sound. In fact, it's the sound that sets you free. You are a prisoner on this block until that sound sets you free. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you set? interesting thought, isn't it? The sound that sets you free. We have to decide, are we going to be afraid of the bang, or are we going to see it as the sound? And it doesn't necessarily have to be actually a bang, a nudge, a thought, an opportunity, the thing that sets us free to move in the will and the plan of God. Yeah, on your marks, get sank, bang. Bang. Yes, God's releasing word, sending me into this purpose. And Peter heard it, come to me on the water. God spoke, let there be light. We spoke those years ago. you Remember that when we said, when we called forth the rebels out of the diamond fields after all that fighting that just would not cease and the thing was stuck. And God gave us to pray that. And remember, often it's a, Still, small voice, a gentle notch. Uh, Of course, every time we come to a point like this, there's the enemy trying to distract or divert. Hmm? I don't know what God is really saying. Okay. Well, Number one, make sure you're desperate in actually asking. You're really seeking an answer. That you haven't got comfortable in, in waiting. While well, I'm just waiting. I've met people like this. I've met people, well, you know, God has spoken, I'm just, I'm just uh, waiting. It's like God's word was like, a, like something that you kind of put in, a, put in a cabinet and look at it. You know, it's like a... Not something that you actually cause for any action. Just uh, there, it's almost like a sort of comfort thing. But Seeking him, uh, seeking what he wants, seeking his counsel, reading his word, taking hold, what is mine to do, what is mine to be. Not inhibited at all by the consequence. You can always look at the consequence and find hundred reasons for not moving forward. <clears throat> do you know we coined that, that little, I don't know whether you call it a little phrase or expression, that what we want to be doing, we want to be motivated in the love of God so that we, if, 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 we, if we trip, it won't be some kind of dignified stumble. We're, we're going at such a rate, we'll fall flat on our face in the mud because we're not going to do this kind of tentative, cautious thing came out of uh, that time some years ago being with a a, a group of uh, prophets and they prophesied. uh, There's a number of leaders there and they prophesied about not being tentative in terms of, of checking the thickness of the ice before you move on it. That was before we moved out into many of the things that we subsequently moved out to where we had to take that position. And I believe that God wants us to continue... To take that position of going kind of headfirst into things. Uh, if I perish, I perish. Now, probably, for most of us, that doesn't mean actually dying. For her, it did. There was a good possibility of that. But what would it mean? If I perish, I perish. Well, <clears throat> If by taking a stand, I get fired, I get fired. That again, brings back to mind when I first got this breakthrough, when I stopped broking to be uh, working with the senior partner. Uh, they gave me some information, gave me some advice. They said he's a, he's a very um, blustery, bombastic sort of person. And you'll find he'll come flying into the room, shout several instructions and go again, and you really got to get them first time. And never question... What he says, just get on and do it, quick. First thing, then you'll be okay. So, of course, the day came when he came. uh, There was one of his clients on the phone that he didn't want to speak to. He said, well, tell her I'm out. I said, but you're not. So I went to him and I said, you know, I can't do that because that's against my principle. I would be lying and there was absolute silence i don't suppose he'd ever had anybody so because he was the senior partner they all sort of count out to him not a word was spoken some months afterwards there was a big dispute in the partnership and then they came to me they said i was somehow was something to do i was involved in some way but they said what do you what is your what is your take on this? What did you what do you what can you tell us about this because we know that you would tell the truth. I thought, bless my soul. He's obviously talked around in the partnership about that. But before we got to that, I thought, hmm, this could be the end of this. It was one of these breakthrough sort of jobs. This could be the end of this. But I'm not going to tell a lie. End of subject. If I perish, I perish. If I get fired, I get fired. If she stops speaking to me, she stops speaking to me. If my plan flops, it flops. If I look like an idiot, I'll look like an idiot. That, that stepping out, that taking that opportunity. Huh? Yes. Uh, Phil's been brewing up to do that for a while. He just told me yesterday he's now got the opportunity in the near future. He's speaking to the president, I think, of the company. See, guys, I want us to understand there may be many for many of us opportunities to step out within this community but God is not speaking just within this community he's talking about us as people now different places different walks of life gives us that opportunity going to give it going to do it whatever crash and burning style Jim Elliot, one of the Ecuadorian martyrs, picked up what I think, I don't know, it may have originated from C.T. Studd. I can't exactly remember. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. It's one of those most significant, succinct sayings. He gives what he cannot keep The Bible says if we try to preserve our life, we surely lose it. To gain what he cannot lose, that which God gives, no man can take away. It's a very, very significant thing. And he lost his life. He lost his life. Paphroditus. Do you remember? Most of us remember things that Mark McGrath has spoken on at different times. Remember him talking about Epaphroditus, staked everything on the roll of a dice and lost. You know, this this idea of not working things on the basis of the the consequence, but on what God says. So here he is, he volunteers to go from Philippi uh, to Paul, ends up sick to the point of death. Basically, lost his health. but here we are talking about him a couple of thousand years later. Basically gave everything. I looked into that. I was intrigued because I thought, where did Mark get that from? And uh, I was tracing it back uh, on the meaning of the words and the context. It's a fascinating thing to do. Uh, I thought it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, is also your messenger and ministered to my need. He was longing for you all and was distressed because he'd heard that you were sick. And what about Meshach and Shadrach and Abednego? They were going to be thrown in the blazing furnace. If so be our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire he will deliver us out of your hand. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we're not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. I want us to, uh, when we come to uh, praying these things through, um, particularly when we're in governmental prayer, I want us to pick hold of this Now, if you're naughty, you can have some fun with this. You can decide, hmm, I'm going to pick on Anthony. And Lord, will you give him the bang? Lord, will you give him that thing to step out on? All right? But don't be surprised if you do that, if God turns it round on you especially if you do it, PJ. (laughs) I want us to pray. You remember we've said, look, the way God leads, he he raises up someone who champions something. And we're going to be praying that, Lord, will you raise up champions? Not just wait, but will you raise up champions? I'm just going to define that. And then I think, I've got quite a bit more to say, but I think I'll negotiate doing that next week, right? Rather than this week. Yeah? Is that all right? How many vote in favor of holding the rest over to next week? I see those hands. Make a note of those hands. (laughs) All right, listen to this then, all right? And then we'll, we'll hold it there. You can't play your drums at the moment. Just me. <laughs> going to give me a drum roll for me. <laughs> Right, champion. Let me define so we all know what we're talking about because we're going to pray that God will raise up and remember the Scripture says, "Lord, here am I. Send me." Some people translate, "Lord, here am I. Send my sister." You know, but we really need to focus on that. So. You can focus on Anthony if you want, but let's, let's see. Champion. Somebody has a, a vision and demonstrates faith for, for the thing, whatever it is, that it's my, them, for them to do. Have a vision and faith for that project. So it's, we're talking really a spiritual thing, all right? Something that God implants in our hearts. Because of that, they're prepared to get their hands dirty. They will find additional help required to make the project work, But, but there's that kind of element that I'm going to make this work in the goodness and the grace of God it's been given to me to do. Now, it may involve drawing others in as part of that skill, but that taking that responsibility as being major. Personal commitment, which can include time and money and energy and everything. They become a person who makes sure everything's in place. And if things don't go according to plan, they'll be the one who picks up the pieces. The buck stops here. Who was, who was, on, who was leading set up this morning? Gary. Gary's a champion for setup. Couldn't get in the hall. Uh, everything was delayed. Had to move chairs and so on and so forth. He didn't sit back and say, Oh, well, I couldn't get in, so uh, come again next week. We'll try then. You no, know? a champion gathers, may gather people around, but they're going to make that thing happen because it's what they know that God has given them to do. I'm not just talking about, you know, kind of grit power or something like that. I'm talking about Holy Ghost empowering anybody who says, this is what my Lord has given me to do. And of course, the part of the champion is to draw other people. It's good to have Hannah here. It just reminds me. I went with Keith. You know, you know Keith. Remember Keith. And uh, when he was up in New Hampshire, and we were going, and he'd been asked to speak to a group of uh, leaders, church leaders, in another town in in Concord. And I, I was with him at that time, so I went with him. And Do you know what? By the time he'd spoken about the whole issue of fostering and care for children uh, for about 20 minutes, I was so inspired listening, not just to the cleverness of words, but the overflow of heart. I wanted to come home and and start the thing here. God didn't have that in mind, but it it was basically something imparted. You see, a champion has that kind of, I don't know, drawing-gathering ability, uh, draws people through that envisioning. And of course, they're accountable and always... You, you don't champion. It's not someone, this is mine, don't touch it. You know, a kind of patch mentality, a, a kind of um, you know ownership in the wrong sense but welcomes input and is accountable. And they give... Um, initiative and and to the project and the right priority of their life becomes a priority, not just when they've got time. And probably they'll have faith for finances and income required and facilities that are required, be able to work out what resources are needed and so on and so forth and manage all the different aspects, either by doing it or by finding someone that can do it. So whether in governmental prayer, when we come to pray... I want us to pick that up as something to pray in at this time. And then next week, um, providing I can negotiate a change in the program, then I'll be able to carry on um, just to take a few more points around that. So just recapping, if I perish, I perish. What does that mean to you? What does it mean to you, if I perish, I perish? I've given you some examples. Basically coming to the kingdom for such a time as this. It's a kind of now time. We've been looking over the wall. We looked at some examples. We looked particularly at Esther and all the different things that were stacked against her. But the readiness, and I just want to finish on this, the readiness of somebody who was close, who was caring, who heard God and had the best interests of the person at heart, was ready to say, have you thought about this? Or what about you considering this? Or is this something that you should take up and do? Yeah? A very, very vital role. So two things. Readiness to be available, to fulfill, perhaps we've come to the kingdom for such a time as this, and readiness to be the one who nudges others. Yes? Father, we ask that you would help us, please, to be doers, not just hearers of your word, and receive, Lord, the things that you're equipping us with at this time to enable us to move on in your corporate purpose and your individual purpose. Thank you, Lord, for the promise that you give, that you speak and you also bring it to pass. Help us, Lord, to be sensitive, to be the Holy Ghost nudger, of somebody. Help us, Lord, to be ready to take up that opportunity when you explain and you demonstrate that we've come to the kingdom, come into your plan, into your purpose for this time, that we might be ready, Lord, to move in advance together for your namesake and for your glory. Amen. All right, if, you want, if you'd like prayer, again, team will be here. Prayer for healing or something that God's been saying to you take opportunity to fellowship together